New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. How we talk to ourselves matters. It sets the tone for every experience in our life. Our guest today suggests that when, in truth, we speak out loud the words that swirl relentlessly in the fog of our minds, so also will deep healing take place. It's our understanding and experience that our voice is a sacred instrument and is a powerful guide in releasing emotions, traumas, and difficult memories that are stored in our bodies. It can also be dramatically effective in transforming our lives in meaningful ways. As we start speaking to ourselves out loud with kindness and curiosity, our body will loosen up and speak back to us. Today, we'll be exploring how to go about practicing this compelling process that has infinite implications for our well-being with our guests, Vasavi Kumar. Vasavi Kumar is a first-generation Indian-American and is a life coach and licensed therapist who holds degrees in social work and special education from Hofstra and Columbia Universities. She runs the Say It Out Loud Safe Haven community for coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs. She's the author of Say It Out Loud, using the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams. Join us for the next hour as we explore the power of talking to ourselves out loud with our guests, Basavi Kumar. I'm speaking with Basavi in her home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Basavi, welcome. Hello, Justine. It's so wonderful to be here. How are you today? I am well today. Thank you for asking. And I would love for you to just fill us in on a little bit of your background when you were growing up with immigrant parents and you were a loudmouth. Am, <laughs> am I correct in that? No one has ever started off this question. And, you know, I'm so happy you said that. I was a loud mouth. I still am a loud mouth. I still get in trouble for my loud mouth. But I'm, but I, I think it's because I just say what people are thinking. And 
don't really expect you to say out loud. But yeah, when I was a kid, I I got in trouble a lot, you know, because I I was often the mouthpiece that no one asked for, but I could sense that my parents who didn't really know how to communicate, they had stuff that they wanted to say and I really felt for them. I felt I did the job of feeling for my parents, you know, and I spoke for them and advocated for whichever parent I was feeling closer to that day. Sometimes I'd advocate for my mother, spoke up for my mother to my dad. And sometimes I would speak up for my father to my mother. And I I was basically each of their mouthpieces. By the way, no child should ever play that role. Oh, right. I know. Yeah, I know. I'd love for you to tell the story because I think it was really significant in your life. When early on you were doing, I'm not sure how old you were, but early on you were doing some therapy and they, the therapist had you draw a picture of you and your family. And then she had you talk about it. And I think that you say something about it was the first time that you connected the inner internal experience with with your voice and saying something out loud. Can you describe that and how powerful that might have been for you? Yeah, my therapist, Virginia Cummins, asked me to draw a photo of how I, like, draw a family, sorry, draw, draw a photo of your family. That's all she said. And I drew a photo of my sister. Uh, it was a stick figure. My sister was reading, which is what she always did. She holed up in her room and read. My father... Uh, I had him holding his briefcase because he always carried a briefcase to work. And then I, I, just, I had a photo of me on the very edge of the paper. And then I had a photo of my mother as this towering monster uh, over all of us. And my mother and my therapist asked me, like, how do you feel looking at this drawing? And I said to her, I don't feel like I belong in my family. And that's exactly the visual representation that I drew is, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister on one side of the paper, and then me outside of them, because I didn't feel like I belonged in that family. You know, um, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I, I do know what it was, but I, I remember how powerful it was being able to actually express that out loud and not being invalidated in doing right. so. Right. There you go. That's one of the keys. But Safi, I'd love for you to actually share with us what is this process of saying things out loud to ourselves? What, what is it? And describe the process. In, a, in, in, in the most simplest form, Justine, this is about talking to the different parts of yourself, asking questions to yourself out loud and responding back, which this is the part where it starts to get taboo. This is the part where it starts to get like, oh, I don't want to be those people. I don't want to be somebody who not only talks to themselves out loud, but you're asking me to respond back. Yes, I'm asking you to respond back because what I propose in my book and what I believe and live by in my book and what I teach is that we have many different parts inside of us. We have many different sub-personalities inside of us, many different energies and voices inside of us, and that each of these parts carry its own wisdom. Every part of us, every younger part of us, uh, every play- the playful parts of us, the parts of us that may be triggered and annoyed, every single part of us 
And it's mostly the parts of us that we've dismissed and disowned. These are the parts of us that we have to bring back into our lives. And the way that we do that is by creating a seat at the proverbial table, right? For these different parts of us. And the way that I say that we do that is by talking to it, talking to these parts of us and finding out what do these parts of us need? How do these parts of us want to express itself? So I think, you know, the way that I've really laid it out in my book is is, is a fun way for us to get to know ourselves. And you know what? You don't need even need an expensive journal. All you need <laughs> is the willingness to ask yourself questions out loud and respond back. You just need your voice. One of the questions that you use that I think is just so important is that you ask the question, what does this part of me need to say out loud? And for me, what I do is I actually give these parts of me a name. Mm -hmm. Like this morning, I spoke to Grumpy Griselda. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, speak to me, speak to me. There's a saying, I, I think it's um, Franciscan priest, Richard Rohr, and he says, if we do not transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. So in that way, if Griselda is grumpy, then I'm going to probably be grumpy out in the world unless I give her a voice. I, I, I mean, I, I've tried it. And the other thing that I want to ask you about is when we talk to this part of ourselves, you suggest that it's most effective if we do it in front of a mirror. So describe why, how does that work and why is that effective? So I think it's important that we're able to look at ourselves, simply stated. It's important that we look at ourselves, we acknowledge ourselves, and we see ourselves and we hear ourselves because too often we get stuck in approval addiction, right? We're waiting for other people to validate our emotions. Is this okay? Is it okay that I feel this way? Is it okay that I want to go after this dream? Like, who are you literally waiting for permission from, right? Why? Why are you waiting for permission from somebody out there? The only person that needs to validate and permit you the life that you want to live is you. And so sometimes it's hard to do that when you're just like with yourself and you're not used to actually conjoining and convening with yourself. And so I recommend you know, all the exercises and the prompts and the questions that you ask yourself, you do it in front of a mirror. So you start to see you like this is about building that relationship with yourself. And it is a challenge for people to look in front of the mirror. And that's why I want you to do it because how you feel about yourself when you look in front of the mirror, how you speak to yourself when you look in front of the mirror, that tells me everything that will tell you everything about your relationship to yourself. You don't need to be years in therapy like I was. You just need to stand in front of a mirror and say out loud how you're feeling about yourself. What do you think about yourself? You can tell a lot about your relationship to yourself when you look in the mirror. You can't hide from yourself when you look in the mirror. And that's why I suggest that you do it in front of a mirror. So in the process, but I want to be really, really clear about this process. If I stand in front of a mirror, 
I'll give you an example that I've used. When I'm in resistance for some reason, I'm procrastinating, I'm going on email or, or, or texting people or something and just avoiding what it is I'm supposed to be doing. I'm in a resistance. And so I might go to resistant Rosie and say, Rosie, Rosie, tell me, can you be on board for this project? And what is the root of this resistance here? I want to listen to you. I want to hear what you have to say. I am curious to speak out what you need because I truly want to hear you so forth. And then I pause. Mm-hmm. And I just sit there until I hear something. Is it, now, am I getting this process? You you might as well, you know, wrote my book because that's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally stand in front of the mirror. And I will say this. I want to add a little caveat. I know you call it resistant Rosie, resistance Rosie. In my book, I say, you know, name your parts. And I like to use my name. So when I'm really angry and... uh you know, that's vicious Vasavi. Vicious Vasavi. <laughs> Vasavi. When okay, I- wait, I'm going to ask you to pause because I really want you yeah. to, to share this so fully. I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Vasavi Kumar, and she is the author of Say It Out Loud, Using the Power of Your Voice to Listen to Your Deepest Thoughts and Courageously pursue your dreams. And if you want to know more about her work, go to her website, vasavikumar.com. And she spells her name V-A-S-A-V-I-K-U-M-A-R.com. That's vasavikumar, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. here with Vasavi Kumar, and we're talking about talking out loud to ourselves. And Vasavi, you were just about to say, all right, in front of the mirror, you're using your own name, but you're giving it like an extra little... Yeah, I'm giving it a oom. So I, I, I mean, I know you said resistance, Rosie, and you said grumpy, you said grumpy, right? And I think that's great, but I, I, I do think it's even more powerful when you use your own name, right? So I would say vicious Vasavi, vicious Vasavi. You don't want to mess with vicious Vasavi. Vicious Vasavi, when she is feeling vicious, like she, she feels under attack. I know what she needs is really just someone to hold her 
and tell her your anger is valid. You have every right to feel this way. Talk to me. I'm here. Instead of trying to fix her feelings and fix her anger, you know, when she feels vicious and she wants to attack, it's because she usually feels like she's under attack. She feels like nobody gets her. She feels like nobody understands her. Um, and then we can go from vicious Vasavi to then vulnerable Vasavi, right? Vicious Vasavi just needs to feel safe enough to feel vulnerable and and say the vulnerable thing. So we have to create that space within ourselves for these parts of ourselves to express. So doing that in front of the mirror, the way you laid that out so beautifully, it, it was so beautiful, right? Like the other day, Justine, where I was feeling resistant, resistance around something. I just could not get myself to like get up and go do the thing. Feeling a little, maybe it was, I was hormonal. I don't know what was going on, but I stood in front of the mirror and I go, Vasavi, it's time to make a decision. What would you like to do? You've been dilly-dallying for the past hour. And I looked at myself and what I actually said back to myself was quite fascinating. I said to myself, you know, it's really hard for me to make a decision right now. I, I'm, I, I kind of don't know what I want to do, so I'm going to do nothing right now. And do you want to know something? I gave myself the permission to lay down on my bed right here. And I just put my hand over my heart, Justine. And I said, you know, let's just feel what comes up and then we can make a decision. And what I realized I actually just needed was to rest, was to pause, was to not keep going and going and going from one task to another. I needed to chill for a second. And then what I did after that was I just went for a five minute walk and I cleared my head. Like oftentimes the thing that we need to be doing or want to be doing is right around the corner from you just giving yourself that gift of pause. So you can just tap into yourself and what your body is asking for rather than being run into the ground with our minds, right? I really want people to become more in touch with their bodies and their emotions so they start making more heart-centered decisions rather than being driven by their brain all the time. Well, what you're saying, and, and you repeated it several times, it's like these triggers, these these things that we might call hold us back, let's say when we're fe feeling frustrated or angry or helpless or guilty or whatever these feelings are, they actually are in our body. They, are, they, they live in our body. So it's not just... Um, just like thinking about it or a psychological process, you're talking about something else. Can can you help us understand better what you're talking about? Yeah. So I feel like when we do not allow ourselves to express anything, right? It can be anything. So just use your imagination, right? Like, you know, you know, that, that phrase, you know, keep a stiff upper lip. Don't, don't show the emotion, don't this, or it's wrong to do that. It's like when you're keeping stuff inside of you, it's like, where do these emotions go? Where do these unexpressed desires go? Where do they go? And I've, I've been fascinated by that since I was a kid. And for me, it's like keeping that inside, it's just getting stored inside of my body. And I believe that we are all just creative channels that creative spirit moves through us. God moves through us, whatever you want to say, my, my best creative ideas, uh, inspiration. It just moves through us. And we're, we're meant to be these free flowing beings that have, we, we don't want to clog ourselves. And so I honestly, I look at saying it out loud and the process of it almost like a verbal laxative, 
you know, instead of keeping our emotions stuck inside of us and, you know, feeling like we're just time bomb waiting to go off and we're just so afraid to say the words, I'm like, just say it and release it, release the shame, release the desire, release the apology. What is the thing that you need to say? What is it that you're holding back from saying? Even as something as as simple as, you know, I, I was working with a client the other day and I, I, I asked her, I go, what do you want? What, like simple question, what do you want? And she's already a, a piano teacher. She teaches young children, right? And she goes, what I really want to do is be a pianist at some of the best restaurants and hotels in Austin, Texas, where I'm from. And I was like, okay. But she said it. She goes, I've never said mm-hmm. that out loud. I go, yeah. well, now you can't lie to yourself anymore. Right. Right. Say it out loud. You can't lie to yourself. That's it's once it lands on your mm-hmm. eardrum, you can't unhear it. It's mm-hmm. there. And that's that that first manifestation of our dream, really. Mm-hmm. If, once we say it out loud. This really goes to discovering our triggers that often hijack us, so to mm-hmm. speak. In reading your book and doing things, it it always causes me to do more research, and I'm looking around, and, and I came across something from a um, Canadian physician. His name is Gabor Mate, and he he focuses on mental health and mostly ch- child health, and um, he he wrote something that I just thought went right along with with what you're mm-hmm. teaching and doing. And it is about we all are desiring something or longing for something or judging or are rejecting where that that's part of our life. And oftentimes what he's talking about, oftentimes we project then like, oh, they're doing that to us. They mm-hmm. they they've done that to us and that's what they're doing to us. Or or oh, this situation it you know, I have nothing to do with it. It's just happening to me. He says it's Maybe it's just as important to be curious, to be curious about your reaction to to the person or what's happening to you or the repetitive thing that you're you're dealing with, regret or shame or anger. And to look at that situation, be as is curious about. What is triggering you? And take it back inside, so to speak, is what he's saying, rather than blaming mm-hmm. that. Maybe it's really happening on the outside. Maybe somebody really is being unfair. But look at what is my reaction? And is there a voice inside me that wants to tell me more about this reaction? And that's what he's talking about. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get swept away by the other person. We've all done it. I do it. I do I have I do I still do it? Absolutely, I'm human. So this book is not about, you know, you're going to read it, you're going to be this perfect person who never gets triggered. No, I will never say that the goal in life is to not get triggered because you are human. You are going to get triggered. The way you respond to the trigger is what is the game changer, right? So, yes, Do I still sometimes have a visceral reaction to something that's happening or something that has been said to me or a certain tone of voice that someone has spoken to me or something not going my way? Of course, of course. But the gap between the the reaction and 
everything else that follows has gotten very small. So I can get re- I can react in the moment and then I'll say, Vasavi, what's really going on inside of you right now? Then I then it's no longer about this person. I am no longer giving my power away to that person. I am now fully focused on my internal experience. My internal experience is the only thing I have control over, period. Then I can say, what's going on inside of me? Oh, I'm really annoyed at this person. I'm annoyed that things aren't going on my timeline. I'm annoyed. Okay, what do you need right now? You know what? Maybe I need to give myself some grace. Maybe I need to give the other person some grace. Maybe I just need to have some patience and let myself and tell myself it's all going to work out as it divinely is going to work out. And there is a bigger plan here for you. Don't worry. And, you know, just really learning to talk to yourself in a way that takes you off the ledge because we are the only person that can disturb our peace. Honestly, I mean, I realize that there are not many people who can really rob me of my peace. I do a really good job of that. So (laughs) my point is when you realize that you are the gatekeeper of your own peace, you, you, you instantly get your power back. And I feel so many of us walk around feeling powerless in our life because we've given our power away to other people, places, and things. And what I'm suggesting is when you get triggered by something, use that as an opportunity to learn more about yourself. It's actually quite fun when you start to be like, oh, I didn't expect myself to react that way. Oh, that person really set me off. I wonder what that's about. You can have a lot more fun with yourself. It doesn't have to be so serious and deep all the time, even though it is deep, right? It is deep, but you can go about it in a very playful and curious and kind and compassionate way with yourself. And I think life stays fun that way. You know, um, when you talk about this, there there was a moment when I was reading the book and I thought to myself, okay, one of the things that has come up for me, let's say, is regret. Mm-hmm. There might be a moment I might be watching a movie or reading a book or something, and my husband has passed on. It's been more than 10 years now, and he was my work partner as well as the love of my life. And and sometimes I feel like, oh, I didn't love him enough, or oh, I remember this time that I really could have been more kind or whatever, and I have this regret that comes up. And then I tell myself, you know, like a good new age person or whatever, I tell myself, okay, oh, Justine, you did the best you could in the moment. So that takes me off the hook. Mm -hmm. However, and this is where your work comes in, however, it comes back again. That, That phrase, oh, you did the best you could, that doesn't do it because there's some process that I have not delved deeply into and talked to some part of me that keeps bringing this up. And and so you talk about this. You talk about when there's something that keeps coming back or a situation that keeps coming back, that's something to look at. Is it, Am I getting that yeah, I mean the the things that keep coming back, these narratives, these stories, they want your attention. I love that what you just shared because yeah, you yeah, you did the best you could, but I think really what it sounds like you're seeking is a dose of really real honesty with yourself. You have the opportunity 
to be super, and I, I don't know anything about that situation, but I do know if you have a voice in your head that's like constantly bringing that up, maybe there's an opportunity for you and anyone listening who's gone through something similar. I know I've gone through this to be straight up with yourself and be like, you know what? I was really rude. I was really rude. I think it's very hard for us to admit when we've been unkind. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I was, I was a real jerk to my spouse. I could have been way nicer. I was unkind. Like own it. This is about owning who you are. Like, listen, Justine, there are some things. Keep that thought. Yeah. Keep that thought. There is something because we're going to be right back. I'm <laughs> here with Vasavi Kumar. She's the author of Say It Out Loud. I'm Justine Willis Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. <laughs> I'm here with Vasavi Kumar, and we are talking about talking out loud and talking to that deep part of ourselves. And you're just, you're really sharing something very, very important right now. And I want to hear it fully. I think, you know, like you were saying, as a, as a, as a good new age person, it's good to say, I forgive myself, but this is where I think we can stop BSing ourselves a little bit and be really honest about who we can be when it gets ugly. Right. Like Vicious Vasavi, I, I, I mentioned her before. Vicious Vasavi has a very sharp tongue and Vicious Vasavi has said a lot of things that she forgives herself for. But that doesn't mean that I don't regret it. Right. There are things that you, we say and ways that we could have been that we maybe don't have the opportunity to make that right. You know, and instead of pacifying and coddling ourselves. We could have done, oh, you did the best you could, you know, yes. And I think sometimes the thing that really frees us the most is when we're just so straight up honest with ourselves. Like what I was saying before break, Justine, was there are things, Justine, that I have said to my mother that if anybody else saw what I said to her or her, I, I, I would be mortified at the things that I have said to my mother. I have, and, and, my mother, knock on wood, I mean, I, I don't know, she hasn't disowned me up until this point. And, and she understands I've been through my own thing. And she, she's, she's very understanding. But there are things that I have said to my mother that I, sh I, 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 would, I would never even utter to my worst enemy. Things that I've said. And my mother, because she's my mother, knows that I said those things when I was in pain. There was a very deeply wounded part of me, younger part of me that said that. That's fine. Your mother, my, my, my mother has forgiven me. Obviously, that's my mother. But I think for me, the thing that has really helped me is for me to be straight up with myself and be like, Vasavi, no matter what anybody has said or done, you, you cannot talk like that to people. Like just being honest with myself about, I have better, I have higher expectations of myself and higher standards for myself, how I want to treat people, you know? And I could say, oh, you did the best you could. No, but you know what? We could do better. When you know better, you do better. And now that you know better, boss. And now that you know better, Justine, our goal, you know, the best apology is changed behavior. 
but it's really hard to get to a place of changed behavior if we're just kind of giving ourselves participation trophies. I'm not into it. It really is about how you show up, you know? Yeah. And I I believe in being, I don't like to say brutally honest with ourselves. My father always said, all you end up is brutality. But yeah, I believe in rigorous honesty. Okay, vigorous and honesty. Yeah, rigorous. there you go. Rigorous honesty. Rigorous. Rigorous, yeah. Yes. All right. We want to change the behavior. We say, okay, I did that and I'm going to make a different choice now. I'm going to um, dismantle that automatic brain reaction, reactive place in me. And I'm going to facilitate making more conscious choices. So I, I want to talk about how we can go into and hear an inner voice of our own intuition that's very, very wise mm -hmm. and has a lot of good information if we, I think, pause long enough. Do you think that that's worthwhile pursuing? I think the gift of pausing and stillness and just being with ourselves and not constantly seeking for feedback is a great practice that anyone can cultivate. I think when people say like, when, when I hear people say like, oh, I'm not very intuitive. It's like, no, you're just in the habit of asking everybody else for advice. That's it. It's not that you're not intuitive. You're just, a, you're just an expert at asking everybody else. So stop asking everybody else and start tuning in. What does somebody else have that you don't have that you can give yourself? You're the one who's lived in your shoes. You're the one who's been through your life. So that really requires giving yourself the gift of presence and stillness and silence. And I often find that my intuition speaks to me when I'm playing, when I'm free flowing. You know, I'm, I'm living in Mexico right now, uh, Justine, I have a condo here and I've gotten more intuitive downloads while I'm just in the ocean and I'm just playing when I'm not thinking about the answer and I'm just simply being and living. Answers that I've been seeking have come to me. Uh, things that have been kind of blocking my throat and block and just inside of me kind of pent up, they've gotten released. I feel like I've gotten messages that I've needed to hear multiple times. But you know when it's like, it's all divine timing. You could hear a message multiple times, but if you are not ready to fully receive and embody that message, it doesn't make a difference. But I've been able to tap into my intuition mostly when I'm playing and I'm just having fun with me and not in my head. And so even in my book, I say, you know, that, that the answers that you are seeking will come to you when you're, when you're silent, when you're silent and, or when you're not in your head so much, you know, and, and, um, yeah, everyone has access to that. I mean, why would you not? You're, you're with you. Everyone has that source of wisdom within them. So stop outsourcing your wisdom to other people. You know, um, I would do workshops, and one of the things that I say for someone who wants to manifest something in their dream, you know, find their purpose and manifest their dream, and I said, well, the first thing to do is to take it out of your head, just these amorphous thoughts, and take a pencil and piece of paper or pen and write it down. That's the first level of manifestation. Mm -hmm. However, you, Vasavi, uh, have taught me, wait a minute, there's something that comes before that, and that's 
to say it out loud first. That that's the first that that's that's our first moment of actually manifesting our dream is to to hear it. Well, like you you gave the example when that woman said, "Well, what I really want." Is to be a pianist and, and and play in these hotels and and that's that voice that we hear that starts us uh, to track on our, our dreams. I love it that you have given me a another level to go to first. I want to say and I want to share. The obvious that I think a lot of people probably are feeling or thinking, but they maybe, yeah. And I just want to um, call out the elephant in the room. It can feel very silly saying what you want out loud. Because remember, uh, unless you've had a very rare childhood, <laughs> most of us were not like encouraged to pursue these silly dreams. Oh, that's silly. You can't do that. Right. So we've now as adults, we feel silly saying things like, I want to be a pianist at top hotels in Austin. I want to, you know, live in Spain for a month. We think that's silly. We think it's unrealistic. And what I want to say about being realistic is that, you know, when people tell you to be realistic, be be very mindful of taking that advice. First of all, it's the worst advice that you can take because when someone tells you to be realistic, they are asking you to be realistic based on their perception of reality. And so if you take advice from someone to be realistic, you're not living your life, you're living their life. And so never take advice from someone that you would never trade places for their reality, ever. So don't listen to, that's like the worst piece of advice, right? Be realistic. And so this is really an invitation for you to be silly. And it's not silly is what I'm trying to say. Whatever it is that you want, whether it's like, man, I really want to be able to travel or I really want to write that book about like, so it's not silly. It's only silly for you because you've kept it in your head for so long and you've let all these other competing voices in your head tell you that it's silly. So when the words finally come out of your mouth, you're like, oh my God, that sounds so cool, but kind of silly. No, but lean into the fact that it sounds amazing. You want to get used to saying what you want out loud. Your body needs to get used to hearing that. Because words carry vibrations. Words va- carry vibrations, right? So that's yeah. why mo- most people don't say what they want out loud because it, it feels weird even feel hearing it inside of your head, let alone saying it out loud. And that's why it's like my number one rule with everybody is if you're in my presence, I'm always going to ask you what you want and I'm always going to have you say it out loud because if you cannot say it out loud, that that's, it's not going to come to life, period. If you cannot even say what you want out loud, you will not be able to bring that into life. Nope. Oh, wow. That you just gave a huge piece of great wisdom, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. uh, that that you have shared with us that it may morph over time, but you got to start someplace and say it, no matter how it sounds, mm-hmm. and then let it grow, I guess, is what mm-hmm. I'm Get used to saying it. Get used to being the kind of person that says what they want out loud. Get used to being the kind of person to say these these two phrases. I I, I do the, I do this thing uh, every week for my email subscribers, Justine. It's called weekly voice notes. This past week, I said these are the two phrases every person needs to know. 
I need and I want. Get very comfortable with saying these two things, I need and I want. Because these are the two things that we are taught in our society not to have. Don't have needs because then you're going to be needy and don't have wants because that's selfish. Let me ask you a question. How's that going? Not having any needs and feeling selfish for having wants. How's that going? It's not going well, right? Yeah, so no, get, re- right? get really used to saying I need and I want. I'm the neediest person you'll ever meet and I'm proud of it. Yeah. yeah. You you are so correct. We're, we're such caretakers of each other. So often we we really go out of our way to be kind and care for others, but so often we're not either asked of ourselves or asked to ourselves. Well, what do I need? What do I need? And it may cause us to stop certain relationships, or it may cause us to take a whole different direction in our life. Well, that's not easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that often, you know, when we're trying something new, will bring up um, roadblocks. What do you say about those roadblocks? Roadblocks are a part of life. That's part of an end route to getting anywhere in life. You're going to have roadblocks. But as my father says, It's not the destination. My dad, no matter what we did, Justine, I love him so much. My father is everything to me. Whether we went grocery shopping, whether we were just going to go pick up a slice of pizza, whether we were taking a road trip, you know, as a family, went on vacation, the journey was always the fun part. My mom would get the back seat packed. She would pack all this beautiful food. I mean, everything was just beautiful. The journey is it. So it's, is it really a roadblock? Or is it really just a beautiful opportunity to see who you're made of and get creative in problem solving? I love a good roadblock. Give me a roadblock so I can find <laughs> a fun way to overcome it. Uh, you know, oh. it's, it's our relationship to it. Yeah, I I get it. Holding it, putting a different frame on it, I guess, is what you're saying is the roadblock if we... If we see it as, oh, stop the car, it's roadblocks, there are the barriers there, stop the car, we can't move forward. But if we see it as, oh, it says roadblock, oh, detour here, (laughs) and we're we're going somewhere else. I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Vasavi Kumar, and she is the author of Say it out loud, using the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Vasavi Kumar, and we're talking about talking to ourselves. And this is, uh, you know, people say, oh, they're talking to themselves that they're schizophrenic or something like that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. This is really a powerful process. And um, I just want to give some example about the inner voice and how powerful it is. And this is an example of mine years and years ago, before I heard anything about this process, but it kind of illustrates something about this process that you're talking about, talking out loud to ourselves. Um, it was a time when I had had some success in losing weight. Mm -hmm. And I had actually lost, I don't know, maybe 20 pounds or something. And and it was, you know, I was being effective. And I um, was taking a shower. And I, as I walked out of the shower, I caught my reflection in the bathroom mirror. And it's one of the few times that I actually heard an inner voice. I mean, I, I, it was just, I couldn't believe it. It was like it was out loud in the room. And it said to me, Justine, how will you be powerful now? And it just like knocked my socks off. And I had no idea. I mean, I, I had been yo-yoing back and forth and back and forth with the weight and, and, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. And when I heard this voice say to me clearly, there was some part of me that was equating weighing a lot, physical weight had something to do with my manifesting my power that I felt like I wasn't mm -hmm. able to manifest except to hold this weight. I, I give that as, as a powerful example in my own life of how this inner voice has a lot of information for us. I think people are really wanting to get connected with their inner voice. I call it the bold voice. It's the voice within you that's always going to have your back and is always going to speak up for what you want. I call it the bold voice, right? I even have a six-month program that, that I run called Bold Voice where I help people develop that. And this is why we need to distinguish the voices of other people and our voice. We have to know where other people end and where we begin. And so I love that you had a moment where you walked past the mirror and you could hear that voice and you clearly knew that that was your voice. And it wasn't, I'm assuming, a judgy, condescending, cynical, mean voice. It was like a step it up, Justine. Yeah. I see you. When I think about our inner voice, our inner vo voice is not some coddling, patronizing, you're weak. It is a get it together, girl. You are a powerful woman. You're a powerful man. You are not acting like it. Get it together. And it's, and like, listen, that's why you got to play with your voice, right? I know what my inner voice sounds like. It's not mean. It's not, it's not even harsh. It's just very straightforward. Like Vasavi, come on, it's time. 
you know? And it's that voice, you know, I, I'm, I'm the daughter of a, an immigrant mother who is very scary, by the way. Uh, and my mom is the scariest person I know, but she's always the voice that has, has, has been the most honest with me. She's the one who'll say to me, no, that's not right. She's always said to me, there's a clear right and wrong. No. And sometimes she can be a little extreme, but you get to decide what your inner voice sounds like. Sometimes my inner voice is, is, is extremely direct with me to the point where I cannot ignore it. Sometimes my inner voice is like, come on, let's just go. You know, it's, but whatever it is, your inner voice is, is, is only looking out for you and it will suggest things for you to do that aren't always the easiest. Listening to your intuition is not the easiest thing, right? Because sometimes the thing that's best for you is inconvenient to everybody else around you, right? So what's best for you is often the most inconvenient for other people, right? Because it's going to force you to have to no longer play the role that you've been playing for other people and you are choosing you. So what I just want everyone to say is, remember that your inner voice will never fail you. It will never fail you. It looks out for you and you need to get tapped into that voice that is looking out for you and only you because no one else is looking out for you. That's so good. I'm so glad you're saying that because we have so much out there about our inner critic, you know, and how we need to shut down our inner critic. And what I hear you saying is quite the opposite. You're saying, hey, that inner voice is on your team. And I know that so many times we hear through different psychologies and different therapies that, you know, to talk to that inner critic and to kind of shut it down in some ways. And that's not what you're saying at all, is it? No. Why do I have to shut down a voice inside of me? It's coming from inside of me. I'm like, if I have, listen, do I have an inner critic? Absolutely. Why do I not like my inner critic? My inner critic makes sure that when I put stuff out there, it's excellent. My inner critic makes sure that when I do a start or create a project or when I'm doing something in my house, if I'm trying to clean up my house or do something, I do a good job. There's nothing wrong with critical, like being like critical thinking and even criticism, there is nothing wrong with it. It's about how you say it and how you choose to receive it. So we don't need to shut or kill or castrate anything. You know, what we have to do is just really tune in and be a little bit more objective and saying, is this voice actually helping me? You know, just because you don't like the way something sounds doesn't mean that it's not good advice. You know, we, can, we, we can't always shoot the messenger just because we don't like the way the message sounds. And my mentor, Lisa Nichols, who also forwarded the book, she said, um, sometimes the best gifts are wrapped in sandpaper, right? The, the messages right. that we need to hear the most, they're wrapped in sandpaper. You may not like how it feels because it's right. way too honest and it's like, woo, very confronting, but that's sometimes exactly what we need to hear. That could save somebody's life. You know, um, I was once very early on, this is like more than 40 years ago. I was in a beginning circle. We were just starting to do circle work where we were sitting together in circle and I, it was a women's group. And um, I remember this one woman spoke up and she said, well, I just want to say, I want it my way. I want, I want everything that I want and it's going to be my way. 
And she paused, and we were all in shock, just shock that she spoke up and said, okay, that doesn't feel like circle work at all. And then she followed it up with, and every one of you can have it your way too. And it was like, oh, wow, that was such a revelation, right? I mean, that's what you're talking about. Well, that again, I don't see how that's not circle work. I think the power of circle work is that you're holding a space for people to say exactly what it is. And if she wants to live her life her way, then so be it. She gets to have it. You like, is it Burger King or McDonald's? You have it your way. You can have it your way. And I, I don't know why we're all waiting for a green light from somebody to give us permission. Go do it how you want to do it. And I think that's what trips people up. People say they want freedom, but with freedom comes a lot of uncertainty. Yes. So we say we want freedom, but we're actually quite comfortable being controlled. Yes. So I that's think that's true. Yeah. We get on a path and it becomes habitual and we keep going and going and going with it, even when it's not serving us any longer. Yes. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Yeah, we don't need to do that. I think we really do just get to ask ourselves, do I like my life as it is? Yeah, I like this area. You know, just look at look at where in your life you're not fully satisfied. And you know what? The clearer you can become about what you want, the more you bring that into your life. Because when you're not clear about what you want, you'll always get some watered down version of it. Have you ever had that? You're like, you know, when you go to eat at a restaurant and you like have this idea in your head about what you really want to eat. Like I'm a huge foodie right now, right? I'm, I've been a foodie my whole life. So it's like <laughs> my dad and I love to eat everything. So when I, when I have my mind set on what I want to eat, Justine, nothing else will be sufficient for me. Because I'm so clear on what I want. And if I don't get what I want, everything else just feels like, eh, nah, I don't really want it. Now, of course, I'm pretty flexible. I can handle it, right? If I don't get, this is not about being a brat and saying I always have to have my way. But that's what I'm saying is that when you are clear about what you want, you then have a focus and then you can be less distracted or you'll be able to see the distractions, right? Like, nope, this is not what I want. This is not what I want. So get clear on what you want, who you are, what you need in your life to feel good inside and out. And don't stop. Don't stop. Don't settle. Just go say, this is what I want. And if you find yourself bumping up against those roadblocks, like you said, use those roadblocks as an opportunity to see how you respond in the face of it. And ask yourself, can I have a little bit of an attitude adjustment here? Because sometimes all you really need is an attitude adjustment to deal with the roadblock or whatever the thing is, you know? So I, I, I think this thing called life can be really fun when we allow ourselves to have it our way. Oh, wonderful. Great. That's a great way to go out. I just want to thank you so much, Vasavi, for being with us today. And I want to remind people that you can go to her website and on her website, she'll have that. Um, uh, Weekly voice notes with Vasavi weekly voice notes with Vasati, weekly voice notes with Vasavi. Yes. So you can do that on her website, vasavikumar.com, and she spells her name V-A-S-A-V-I Kumar, K-U-M-A-R.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening 
to new dimensions. This is program number 3791. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.